There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. We are here in... Uh, a interesting time, news flying off the shelves this Star Wars week. The world may be on fire, and I fully am aware that it's been a tough week. 
or two or a year or a couple years for a lot of people the world is not in a great state at times but star wars is a great chance for us to climb into the bubble the nerd bubble and get some distractions and as always get some lessons so i welcome you here on spotlight star wars as we talk about the comics again i always end up talking about it here in spotlight just because i think on the main show uh, like I've mentioned before, Joseph, Jennifer, and I uh, don't read the comics on the same level, same speed, so we're trying to coordinate that better. And uh, the comics, I, I, I think it's become an interesting talking point, the comics. I, you've heard me a lot here in Spotlight Star Wars now, and I, I almost feel like a broken record, but, but I have some good news, and that's why I wanted to talk about comics here today. I shouldn't say good news like I'm the bearer of good news. I just want to give a positive opinion because I think I've been overly negative I think justifiably so, but over, uh, overly negative on the Screaming Citadel, uh, that arc, and then the main Star Wars line has some interesting things at time, and interesting, I say, with a bit of an eye roll. I just, I just don't like some stuff going on. Now, weird Star Wars might be your favorite Star Wars. That's, that's been out there, too. And you know what? Like, like we always do around here, uh, if that's what you're into, in, into, then continue to be into it. And we can get together, get along and get together and have some fun as Star Wars fans. If you like space whale ships, if you like puffer pigs from Star Wars Rebels, you like zombie symbiote, you know, possessions and all this kind of stuff, then you know what? That also just means you're a Star Wars fan. And I love Star Wars fans. So if you like some of the stuff in the comics that I don't, we're all on the same team. But here's what I'm saying. Positive. I am really enjoying the Darth Vader series, the new one, the Darth Vader, the, the Dark Lord of the Sith, I think. What, what's the full title? Because they, they've had – this is the second Vader line, of course, as we know. So it is uh, Darth, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. This is the one that Charles Soleil is writing and picks up right after Revenge of the Sith. Now, I loved a lot of stuff in that first issue, but then it ended in a weird spot. It ended it, – it started to go into what I thought was a little – Weird Star Wars, but I jumped the gun, went to a false conclusion because the uh, four issues that I have, and I believe only four out, the fifth one is shortly out. And then I bu- I believe this was a five issue run, but it looks like it's going to keep going. Maybe I'd, I'd heard that wrong. So uh, maybe I was misinformed, but it is um, it is picking up to be it picked up some speed, picked up some story and, and it's turned out to be one of my favorite of the of the Marvel series. Uh, because it is Vader discovering himself. It is Vader's first mission. It is Vader actually starting this without a lightsaber. This is also about, as promised, the series kind of talked about this, about Vader getting his blade and having to bleed a blade because he, uh, he he's a Sith, and that's what Sith do. Now, bleeding the blade, when that kind of became canon, I think around the, uh, there was the Ahsoka novel that kind of first put that out there. It changed some stuff about uh, Star Wars, uh, more than just even canon, because I, I, it just was kind of something you kind of always knew as a Star Wars fan, the Sith had the red blades because it was a synthetic kyber crystal and that was kind of the way it was but the ahsoka novel put it out there that no there's this process called bleeding the blades and i gotta tell you i like i liked that change there is something dark about that something menacing something evil and the these are the sith 
So the idea that now we have Vader needs to go out and bleed his blade and get a blade, and he's not in a you know a Emperor Palpatine's back office building a lightsaber. Now building a lightsaber is part of becoming a Jedi. It's uh, I love the uh, the Clone War stuff when they go to Ilum and they and they choose their you know, the Kyber crystal or the Kyber crystal choose them. I like that stuff for the Jedi, but for the Sith, I think it's much more interesting. It it is much more visceral. It is much more alive. When a Sith has to go out and claim a blade and bleed it. I like that. And so Vader's got to go do that. Here's one problem. The, the Jedi have fallen. This story picks up immediately after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Order 66 is in place. Vader is uh, now walking around in his suit. I mean, this picks it up moments after that. Moments after Revenge of the Sith. And... Uh, is in it, and all that, you know, as a prequelist, I like all that stuff. But Vader has to go out and do this, and he doesn't have a lightsaber because, quite frankly, no Jedi out there to take lightsabers from. Now, as we know, you know, even with Kanan Jarrus, there's certainly Jedi out and about. Certainly some people with lightsabers out and about, but Vader can't just find them. He's got to go, you know, can't knock on some doors. He's got to go do a little detective work. That's what he does, and he tracks down a Jedi that uh, is named Kirak Infile. Infile? Infila? Infila? <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Uh, I-N-F-I-L apostrophe A. Infile, right? Kirak. Master Kirak. And he's hanging around a sacred Jedi monastery, uh, kind of something early on in the Jedi history, and he has taken the Barish vow, which is his vow that you're still a Jedi, but as penance for something you've done wrong, you cannot take part of, uh, you know, any Jedi company meetings or picnics. You're on the outside. And I think that, I don't think Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is going to say those words that he took the Barish vow, but it introduces this idea that you can still be a Jedi, but kind of be on the outside, and you, you have to look in. So maybe you're pulled back in. And that's what happens in this series here. And it is uh, Vader learning to be Vader, which was something that was very, um, very interesting in that novel. What is the Dark Lord Rises from the the Dark Lord trilogy, which is uh, the book now non-canon that is right after Sith. And had some great stuff about Vader learning to walk in that uh, suit and just kind of struggling with who he is. And uh, this also ties in, you know, with Lords of the Sith, Paul S. Kemp's great Star Wars canon novel. It came out a couple years ago now, and if you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. It touches on the weird relationship with Palpatine and Vader. That's explored in the other Marvel Vader comic line that came out a couple years ago now and is no longer running. Um, you know, it's it's definitely known. You know, Growing up, it just seemed like uh, Palpy and uh, Vader were just buddies, and they'd all fallen out at the end. But now we know that there's more at play. And this idea that Palpatine was constantly testing Vader, constantly wondering maybe if he had made the right choice, that they touch upon in the other Vader comic where uh, Palpatine had some possible apprentices on the side and i like that idea now uh the comic got uh, a comic line got a little weird for me with some of the stuff the cyborg admiral akbar the mon calamari uh, cyborg based off of grievous some people like that I, I, it was a little weird for me but again you might like weird star wars that's fine but i like the idea behind the fact that palpatine never fully trusted vader it's very sith like 
It's very Sith-like. It seems right. That's what part of being a Sith is. You sign up for this deal where you are going to be an apprentice, then you're going to kill your master, then you're going to find an apprentice, and you guys are going to try to take over the galaxy, and then your apprentice is going to kill you, and it's just this cycle. The rule of two perpetuates the, the fear, the mistrust, the anger, the violence, the hate, the evil. That's why the Sith are supposed to be and are the bad guys and the bad girls. They're the bad people. And this Vader comic so far uh, is is like I said, it just it. Uh, I'm gonna pull it out here, uh, phrasing, uh, and uh, read it again. Just kind of look it again here. You know, there's just it. It starts so well. It's it's got uh, uh, Vader and, and Palpatine, and they're just they're destroying lightsabers. And uh, Palpatine's like, uh, you gotta go get a lightsaber. We'll give you one. Nah, you gotta go find it. The color of your rage. You got to make it that, and and it ends though. So that starts so well, and it ends on kind of a, you know, mid rim planet, and, and it kind of took it went in a direction I didn't thought, but it, then it really, it's really good. And the, and this Jedi, uh, he's kind of got a little hair bun action. Actually, this Jedi Kirik, uh, his uh, hair is kind of like rays. If I will, if I really, if you really look at it, he's he's kind of a buff hippie, almost incredible Hulk from the 70s vibe to him with, like, ripped jean shorts and a real buff upper torso, you know? And he's got this, uh, he's got a big white beard, and he's got, like, Ray's hair. Let's look into that. Is it Ray? I don't know. But anyways, that series is good. I recommend that. Poe Dameron, which the series has had some great issues. Issue 14 is one I keep talking about, uh, where Poe and Leia are kind of got this great kind of mentor-mentee relationship going on, where Leia's trying to get him you know, to be not no longer the hotshot pilot, but more of a leader, thinking big picture and long term. And, and we heard Oscar Isaac in that Entertainment Weekly stuff that came out uh, saying basically the same thing. The Dameron comic has at times gone weird, uh, egg egg deities and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I like overall what's going on and the issues. I think I'm, I'm a issue behind at the time of this recording. Issue 18 is out, but issues uh, actually the annual, the first annual, and then the uh, issue 16 and 17 just have some downright good action. And I think that's a lot of it for me, too, is I am a Star Wars fan. Now, I like the Jedi and the Sith. I like the lore. I like the mystery. But I am one of those fan of the wars in Star Wars. I like action. I like those kind of fights. I like military kind of uh, strategy and wrangling and, and, and the politics of Star Wars. I like that. Probably, if I'm being honest, more than the Jedi-Sith Lord. That's interesting stuff. But even uh, that stuff can get into some weirder things, the Mortis stuff in Clone Wars that, should, that I like, and it's from Lucas's mind, and it makes sense. If the Force is this thing, there's going to be something behind it, and I like the Lost e episodes where Yoda uh, goes and kind of learns the little things and faces his inner demons and meets the wills and all those kind of things. I like it, but I almost, I'd rather, I, I think the Clone Wars had a good balance. They had those kind of little more uh, outside the box episodes, but most of it was the Clone Wars. It was the clones fighting, the Jedi leading them, and I like that kind of stuff a lot too. So the Poe Dameron comic is really hitting on that action part of it right now, and I highly recommend that. The main line's all right. Um, it's going along. We're surviving some of that Screaming Citadel stuff. The Afra stuff's going along good. I like issues 9 and 10. I'm about a week behind on that, but I'm about a month behind actually in some of these comics. 
Got to catch up. But also, I want to recommend the Darth Maul comic now that that five-issue run is over. Don't want to go into too much detail. Perhaps I'll do uh, more of a review later on, maybe if Joseph finishes that series. But I will tell you guys, uh, this is I wanted to be so positive. I had said good things about it before, but now I've finished it, uh, the five issues. And um, I love it. You know, Maul to me is, uh, I love Maul. I love a lot about Maul. I think it played out well in Rebels. I I, I was not for Maul being brought back in Clone Wars, but I ended up liking it. Whitworth is so good as that voice in this comic. I was a little bit like, all right. We'll see about Maul's origin. What do we need? But you know what? There's a lot of stuff there. And again, it shows Palpatine is a tough boss, tough trainer. He's not the attaboy kind of coach. He is a little bit worse than that. He's a little, hey, evil. And this goes into that, and it really ties into Maul's anger. He's such an angry creature, uh, which feeds into his uh, final moments on Rebels. It really does. That's why I love that episode of Rebels so much, because it really does... There's, there's an odd piece that Maul gets at the end, and this is back at the beginning. This is before the events of Phantom Menace. Uh, he is uh, trying to hunt down uh, uh, crime lords and ends up tracking down a Jedi Padawan named Eldra Cadis. Uh, and uh, I, I won't go from there, but uh, it really, really does a good job kind of setting up Maul, his anger, his thirst for vengeance. Now, his is somewhat of a tragic life i think he was a blunt object at times uh, i think that's what palpatine had him around for and uh, there's a lot going on uh a lot more going on i should say with maul than i think i first thought as a fan even 20 plus years ago but i i like what they're doing with this comic and i just wanted to be positive about that stuff I want to be positive. I, I don't like when I start getting too negative about these comics because I like going to my shop and having Star Wars comics in there all the time. So that's it. That could be the bye. That's the that's the episode of Spotlight Star Wars. No, no, no. I just wanted to be a little positive. Uh, now, uh, yesterday, Joseph and I were talking about the big news about the Obi-Wan standalone movie, some of the Jabba stuff. There's a lot going on in the Star Wars universe right now but i want to talk to you guys and hear some of your questions so you can go on twitter follow me at ken knapsack or follow us at force center pod and you can use the hashtag spotlight star wars and connect with me directly chase mcclain says do you think that they might be waiting for the disney streaming service to start a star wars tv service disney announcing that in 2019 they will have their streaming service and yep 100 percent absolutely believe i don't have inside intel on that but chase i absolutely believe that's when they're going to do it, it makes perfect sense how are you going to get uh, folks like you and me to spend our money on more star wars stuff a new live action show or maybe even an animated show um that we want to see and take our money please so what that would be i don't know they could take the time to do it right now if they're going to do it with the launch of the streaming service which is sometime in 2017 we should start hearing about things. Things should start being percolating. Rumors should be afloat. We haven't heard that yet. Um, So it could pick up uh, speed fast, or they're just working on it in the dark caverns and basements of Lucasfilm, and it's going to emerge when it's time for it to emerge. And I wouldn't mind that either. Wouldn't mind that either. But I I, I think it's going to happen. I'd be interested to start to see what they're putting together for a live-action show on their own Disney streaming service. Thanks for the question, Chase. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. CRW at Flowers for Alderon. That is a great Twitter name. He sends in a little longer question here. If, as the Entertainment Last Jedi, Entertainment Weekly Last Jedi article suggests, Ray's lineage is inconsequential to her greater story, and she's not related to any other major character, have we as fans tried to connect dots in other canon that aren't really there? Or do you think that the various clues that seem to hint at Ray descending from Obi-Wan have been a deliberate misdirection from Lucasfilm to keep us off the scent of the truth? That is a, a, a great question. And I also want to... Uh, Tag uh, with this other question. This is Adam Nowakowski at Doom underscore Metal underscore Guy. Doom Metal Guy checking in again. Adam asks, uh, where do you think the questions of Ray's lineage and Snoke's identity originate from? The Force Awakens or Star Wars fandom? So good topic, guys, here. And here's the thing. I think, I think there's a little bit 
of blood on the hands of the Star Wars fans, if you can take that that way of explaining it. I think we all saw Force Awakens and who Snoke going into the movie. We're like, I I didn't necessarily like that name. I thought it was a cover-up name. I thought it was a John Harrison situation or just even though the character had that name that it would lead to something else. And then it's just natural when the Ray's there, you don't know why how she got there. She doesn't know how she got there or why she got there. Better better uh, statement there. And then you, the vision, and she's obviously got something more going on. You hear Obi-Wan in the movie, you know, all this stuff. I think it was only natural for us to sit and question it. Now, pop culture, uh, the landscape has changed since Star Wars was last in the theaters back in 2005. Uh, not counting the Clone Wars movie, of course. TV shows like Lost and properties like Game of Thrones and and um, all those kind of uh, you know big things where your mysteries are revealed and and characters have uh, more going on. It just it's just natural. It's just natural that we would look at Ray coming out of that movie and to a lesser degree Snow could be like, well, who is it? Who's the parent? Is it Luke? It's got to be Luke, right? Maybe it's not Luke. And the question's about. So I think it comes from us, Adam. But I think it also is its place there. Now, I don't think, and this goes to uh, Flowers for Alderaan's questions, I don't think it was a deliberate misdirection from Lucasfilm. I, I don't think going up all the way up to Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams, I don't think they're going to think to do that do that, or have the time to do that. They're busy making this movie, making the best movie that they can. It would be, you know, if it was one smaller property. Um, I'll go to Game of Thrones again, but Game of Thrones is certainly not a smaller property. It's obviously this big thing, but uh, HBO and, and Weiss and Benioff just have that to worry about, to adapt George R. R. Martin's stories and any kind of clues and any kind of misdirections you want to put in there to some of these big reveals and revelations and theories, you have your focus just on that. There's The Star Wars landscape is too big right now. So I could see the story group getting together and be like, hey, you know what? It'll be fun to put in some clues that Ray is Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Let's just do that. Um a comic writer can handle this, or let's put it in a novel. Uh, I could see that, but not that not that they want to do that, not that they really would do that, but it's it's a smaller scale. They have a lot going on, but it's smaller. If you put something just in Rebels. But I, I don't think Kathleen Kennedy is getting stories sent across her desk that include misdirections. Um, there is one thing, and I, I rarely like to say... Things I've heard. I hear this town, Hollywood, can be a small town. It's been my theme for the Star Wars the last week. Um, But I'll say this. I have heard some rumors that Disney didn't have it as planned, specific to Ray's lineage, as much as as we would have thought. So it's almost like when it exploded, who's Ray's parents? Who's her father? Who's her mother? Is it Luke? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think they were perhaps shocked at how big it got. Seemed like Daisy Ridley was shocked at how big that got, saying, I don't know, I thought it was answered in the first movie. So I, there's still, pause, dot, 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 there's still part of my brain that believes Ray is tied to something bigger, something more important, a Palpatine, a Kenobi, a clone of Luke's hand. I, 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 I still think there's part of it. 
But as Flowers for Alderaan points out, the the last Jedi article in Entertainment Weekly really, really, I mean, Ryan Johnson says it almost plain and clear that Ray's family and her lineage and her past is important because it's important to her. That means it's not necessarily going to be important to us as fans. I mean, it will be. We like the character of Rey. We want to find out. But Last Jedi has these themes, very clear themes going into it. We know from these Entertainment Weekly stuff that, you know, the characters are going to be still dealing with their past. That's all of the main characters. Uh, Rey trying to look to the past to see how she's got to get to the future when, when Maz Kanata and Possibly, maybe even Luke will tell her, your your path is all in front of you. Don't worry about the past. But she's still going to be hung up on that. Kylo Ren is not fully formed as a villain. So he's going to be looking at his past. And, and it's done in a little bit different way than, say, Vader, who was troubled. If you especially now with the comics and the books, we know that he was always troubled. Uh, Lords of the Sith goes so, goes so well into the Ahsoka stuff where... Um, the memories of that, the memories of the, the, the good times, so to speak, are still in his brain. But he is resigned to his fate. He is Darth Vader. He is gone. He's more machine now, twisted and evil. Kylo Ren's not in that state yet. He's done something horrible. Kill his father, kill Han Solo, hero of the galaxy. And Force Awakens made it seem for at least a moment that... Uh, Ren was like, relieved. I did that. I'm full evil now. Let's go on ahead. But Snoke's like, bring him back. He's still got more training. It seems now Kylo Ren's going to have his past still dominating his future. He might be conflicted. He might be feeling the weight of what he did. I like that. Finn's got it too. Still might want to run away. Rose has got it. She's a nobody. She's a mechanic. Now she might have to be a hero. Does that past define her future? Can she move past her thoughts of herself? And then Poe. It's been in the comic, very plain and clear. This is a flyboy. This is the best pilot on the Resistance. This is a swashbuckling, rogue, not-quite-scoundrel, but everyone's favorite drinking buddy and best friend and crush. But General Leia is going to sit him down and be like, that's who you were in the past. You have to think a little bit wider and for more people than just yourself. Can you get past your past, Poe Dameron? That's what I love about all that kind of stuff. And that's going to be more important than just, Ray, you're a Kenobi. So, yeah, I, I think we as fans are guilty of trying to connect the dots. But you know what? It's a fun guilty. And I'm still going to do it. We're still going to speculate up until the time the movie comes out and it's revealed. Even though I do believe more and more that Ray is just Ray, or I, I think that that name will, will change. But that that she is who she is and Snoke is Snoke. I can get behind that. And I almost think I'm so far down the path of just Snoke being Snoke that if suddenly he pulls off a mask and he's like, ha ha, I'm the ghost of Mace Windu or I'm Kitster or I am Darth Plagueis the Wise. I've been watching all these years. I would be like, you know what? Too much. Go back to Snoke being Snoke. And, and that's, not something, that's not a place I always was in, I must admit. It's a bit of a change, a bit of a change. So I, uh, I think these are two good points that we as fans have had a lot of fun. Things have changed, you know. Uh, I, at the end of New Hope in 1977, I don't think there was a lot of people going, who do you think Luke's father was? I think they just accepted it for what, is, what, what it was. Obi-Wan knew him. 
Uh, something happened. He got killed by this Vader guy. That Vader guy's there in the black mask and the cape. That's the bad guy. Boo him. Yay, Luke. And we're on our way. But I think audiences uh, have changed. We've perhaps expected more. Uh, the media discussion world, of which I am happily a part of, has sprung up. And now we get to uh, discuss this over and over and over. And it's fun. So I, it's a fun guilty, but we are guilty of it. And I think Lucasfilm maybe underestimated it. They won't now. They aren't going forward. But I think they just put it out there. I did, again, uh, we can look at Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter, Leland Chi on Twitter, Kiri Hart in the story group. We see all the stuff these guys are working on. And I could see them sitting in a room, be like, hey, who's Ray? Let's figure it out. Let's make it cool. Let's put some layers to it. But again, I don't see J.J. Abrams. I mean, this is a guy behind Lost. I understand that. But I don't see him going, all right, there's this character, Ray, and she is going to be related to Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. Now, even if you think J.J. might do that, again, he likes that mystery box. He likes having some fun. He likes, uh, you know, he was part of Lost. Um, I don't see Lawrence Kasdan doing that. Maybe to a point, definitely creating a character with some mystery, but I don't think Kasdan's going to worry about the layers upon layers of clues and hints and misdirections with Ray and Kathleen Kennedy. I don't think she cares at all either. Just wants to get a good movie out there and they have too many things to worry about. So great observations, guys. Be curious to see what you think. How are we doing? Do we think Ray is just Ray? We'll find out a real name, I'm sure, but I don't think it's going to be Ray Kenobi anymore, though I deep down kind of want it. Final question, our good friend Quantum Multiverse at Multiverse underscore HQ sends in a fun little question to close the night out. She has a nice picture of those Praetorian guards from the Entertainment Weekly article. They are Snoke's bodyguards, very samurai-like, kind of updated versions of the Emperor's royal guards. And ah, yes, sir, I like them. And he asks, could the new Praetorian guards be the Knights of Ren? And I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance of it. Uh, I think we're going to find out who the Knights of Ren are. I still think the Acolytes from Beyond uh, in uh, the Aftermath series have something to do with this. And Loop Tashu, the Imperial Dignitary working out there on Jakku, who factored into those books. I think they have something to do with the story. And that's not just idle speculation. And that's been kind of laid out there. And I think that's, that's kind of there. Now, again, does Kasdan... And Abrams have anything to do with that? I think maybe. They're like, hey, here's the first order. This thing, it's it's roast in the ashes of the Empire. They wanted to be better the Empire. Now the store group is filling in the details. So the Praetorian Guards could be part of the Knights of Ren. It would make some sense. Knights of Ren use masks. They believe in the powers of, of masks. Uh, and they don't use lightsabers, but much like uh, these guys. they got some guys' staffs here, so I could see it. Uh, but the First Order is pretty large. It's pretty vast. And you see it in the comic series, the Poe Dameron series, with uh, a lot of different facets. It, it's big. It, it's been building for a long time. And in the Phasma book, we're going to get more of the backstory. And there's this Crimson Guard-looking, Crimson-colored Stormtrooper outfit kind of wearing dude called the Cardinal. And he is part of the First Order. He is obsessed with Captain Phasma. So, you know, maybe these Praetorian Guards come from 
where that came guy came from, some kind of other facet, some kind of other division of the First Order. Maybe there's really good at it there. I don't know if it would matter. Uh, it would be a cool connection, but if Snoke, if, if, if Rey shows up and she's fighting these guys with Snoke and Snoke's like, hey, by the way, these are parts of the Knights of Red, and it, 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 I don't know if it would make a difference to the story. It might just be a cool connection, but I'll tell you what, I am excited. I like these Praetorian Guards. Definitely going to buy a couple of those figures when they hit the stands. Are they coming out? Someone check. Force Friday? They're doing it? I don't know. Guys, that is it. That is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. Again, thanks for crawling into the Star Wars bubble. It's not just a distraction. It's just a place where we can come and celebrate some of the simple things in life that make us happy uh, while we get through some difficult times. Or maybe you're having a good time and you're just here to continue celebrating Star Wars. That's what we do here at Force Center Pod. So follow us at Force Center Pod on Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook. We've got the T Public site to buy merch as, at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and patreon.com slash force center if you want to support on there. That is it. I'm going back to reading some comics. We'll see you next time on Spotlight Star Wars. May that force thing kind of sort of always remain around you. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.